Welcome to the Feed Central Hay Matters podcast, your go-to source for all things hay-related in Australia. I'm your host, John Paul Driver. In today's episode, we're joined by Dave Clothier. He's the National Sales Manager for Feed Central. We're going to talk about just general market conditions today and give some thoughts around uh, rain-damaged hay in the paddocks versus shedded hay and shipping distances, and we're going to talk through some livestock uh, supply and demand considerations as well. We're here to bridge that gap between the buyers and the sellers of fodder, providing valuable insights for everybody, whether you're out in the field considering planting or looking at your feeding schedule. Let's get started with the biggest market drivers, always the weather. What's it been like? Do you have any insights on the forecast here? Uh, look, the, since really the start, of November, the start of December, right through to now, there's been above average rainfall for the majority of the summer, right up and down the eastern seaboard from the south to the north. Obviously, some people miss out on, on those bigger falls, but largely everyone's received above average rain and, and it, sets, it is set to continue uh, for the foreseeable future. And how is that playing through in the market? Well, <clears throat> increased rainfall obviously has a cause and effect on available pastures and pasture growth. So while uh, the forecast for El Nino back in the spring, people were unloading livestock, that's now flipped on its head. And there are people looking for livestock, which has increased livestock demand and prices to utilise the pasture that they have right now. Hay demand over the last six or eight weeks has dropped off considerably. Um, but as we go forward, I would imagine that um, particularly with weaning that starts in March um, and then we get into the cooler months of April, May and June, um, demand typically increases uh, regardless of the season. That's just the seasonal demand, yeah, right? Yeah, that's right. Playing this out, you're talking about uh, getting into that seasonal demand for hay. The question I want to ask is about livestock prices and how that plays through demand long term. We're observing a short-term increase in the price of uh, maybe feeder animals or whatever animal you can buy to take use of the make use of the grass that you're growing. How does that play out? Increased prices and availability of pasture um, augurs very well for demand going forward in the sense that the animals are worth more and that justifies the need to feed and hang on to those livestock through the winter months until we get into spring. From a feeder type perspective and a, and a, and a feedlot job, the price has risen. So the uh, the intake of cattle into feedlots has wound back considerably over the last couple of months. And as we get into the cooler months and prices stabilise, they will start to increase their intake. And given that the overall expansion in the feedlot sector, allowing for them to feed more numbers, that will also have a, a considerable effect on hay and straw demand going forward. You have available pasture right now that's going to bolster the number of animals that maybe aren't getting hay right now, but at some point in the future, they do have to go to a feedlot. Yeah, that, that's right. Um, and, and while demand is pretty tight at the moment, as as it starts to cool down, we're over the hump of the hottest part of the uh, summer's just about over, graziers will start to look at, you know, putting quality hay in their sheds for the winter, considering New seasons a long, long way away in, in October, the quality hay will continue to be in demand through those that period. And let's split up available hay supplies right now. We know we have a fair supply, and correct me if I'm wrong, my, my interpretation is there's a fair supply of high-quality hay available for trade on the market. 
And then there's also a, a, a pile of not-so-nice hay sitting out there that has been rain-damaged. How do producers navigate through those two types of inventory right now? Well, because it's been such a widespread event right up and down the eastern seaboard, there's, I, I would suggest the majority of graziers are very aware that paddock stacked hay is not an option for them. They want continuity and consistency. They're more informed than they've ever been. They're after specifics. So, and they're willing to pay for quality hay. So right now, like there's probably 25 to 30% of hay that is paddock stacked and has been compromised in one form or another, which takes away the opportunity for those negotiations, albeit they still might happen locally over the fence type thing with neighbours and where they can sort through it and, and pick the right product. But when we're travelling hay considerable distance with the cost of freight these days, they want they want to maximise their returns, so they're buying quality hay and they're seeking advice from us to make sure that we find the right product to match their needs. Ah, that, that makes perfect sense. I love the way that you say grazier. That's not a word that we use here in the States, but I, I certainly understand the, the meaning here. Uh, whether you're a grazier or a feedlot operator, you're paying close attention to the quality of the hay. And what are some of the big things to be looking for? Well, when we've got the cooler months ahead and pastures, depending on how hard our winter is going to be, and pastures get affected by frost, uh, the big ones really are are protein and energy because that's what the the pastures are lacking and that's what they're wanting to put in their sheds for winter. Um, And as we go through weaning, when we get into that weaning stage, which is the first step, the really big one on that one is obviously aroma and colour to, to draw cattle. Um, to the feed and to educate them from day one um, to, to come to feed. Ah, that transition from nursing and, and grazing to that dry forage product. That's Yeah, that's right. Are hay prices headed north or headed south? I mean, we're talking pick a nice eight by four by three oat and hay. What's your crystal ball showing? Rightio. Uh, well, in, in the south, like the the export market is certainly holding up that cereal hay job with the oat and hay. There's a few factors in play uh, and, and one of them is that the better quality hay is getting further away from where the larger cattle population is in Australia, that being in the north. So quality shedded hay is largely unavailable anywhere north of about Dubbo, which is in central New South Wales. So the challenge going forward, I I think, will be that I I feel that market price for cereal hay has probably come back $30 to $50 a tonne on the highs that we experienced through production in 23, when hay wasn't even making the sheds. It was leaving, exiting the paddock. Demand was very high because we're in an El Nino-type pattern at the time, and that drove demand. Now that we've got a flush of seasons and and pasture quality is very high, I think when demand kicks back in in March, that the price will come back slightly to that $30 to $50 per per tonne reduction. But because it's coming from further away, I'm not sure that delivered prices are going to change that much because of distance. I think that's a 
a very fine point to put on that the high quality hay is farther and farther progressively farther away so that just increases the freight cost so if you're buying hay in queensland for example your freight is increasing even though the price of the hay is softened you're still net you're paying about the same delivered price yeah so traditionally what happens because we're traveling large distances uh, with our fodder what goes first is obviously the better quality hay with the highest bar weights because it has such a such a dramatic impact on the delivered price. So the guys with the you know the sub 500 kilo bar weights unless it can be find a localized home it tends to be further in the season before we move it. So we've been sort of educating the market for a long time now about the importance of bar weight. And there has been a considerable difference um, just from memory. I think we've had an increase of about 16% in bar weight, which is a, a really positive story to tell. There's no doubt about that because it does have an impact on the delivered price. Heavy bale weights make the product more sellable and generally speaking for a higher price. Well, at the end of the day, it's it's this is not a hard game. The reality is we're trying to match the right product to the right customer at the most competitive delivered price. So bar weight has a dramatic effect on that. And most of our growers that we're talking to on a very regular basis now get that. And the lower bar weight growers have to adjust their price down to compensate if they need cash flow short term. Now, I worked for a bank and you said the magic words that trigger me is cash flow. How are livestock producers doing on cash flow? How are hay, fodder producers, hay producers, doing on cash flow? What's the perception in the marketplace? Look, I think it's very strong uh, on both sides of that fence. Uh, apart from the feedlot sector, who, who is challenged at the moment with high commodity prices uh, on, on the back of high-priced animals that are just leaving the yards now. They've got some challenges right now today, that, that's for sure. But, you know, long-term, as the market stabilises, they, they're buying animals for a, um, a lower price, um, which gives them their margin going forward. Oh, look, the, the reality is because demand's dropped off, um, human nature is uh, we need to move some product. So that will help or, or, or drive the market price one way or another. And I, I think it will go down slightly. You know, and it's not long when you get through, by the time you get through winter, you've got growers pretty nervous about wanting to empty their sheds for new season. So that all plays into it. You know, as soon as it gets cold, people are wanting to move hay and, and demand is increasing. So I, I would expect large volumes to be moved, you know, once we get into the cooler months. That almost sounds like advice to me. <laughs> that may, maybe the expectation is right now, uh, a realistic expectation for a, hay, a fodder grower is that you're just not going to move that much volume right now. But to put some emphasis on marketing in the coming months to get that hay down the road. Yeah, and there's been a big lesson for the industry in in this summer we've just had in the amount of hay that's been compromised that is outside sheds. And, and I think growers are very, very aware of that. So I think there'll be a push to empty the sheds a little bit quicker than there has been in the past 
to ensure that they can put new season hay and fill the sheds again. Oh, that's a really important point. I hadn't considered that if a grower had a shed full of hay from 2022, some rained on off grade stuff that hung over from the previous year, and they stack their nice new hay outside and it got ruined, they were going to be sensitive to that. Yeah, probably more sensitive than in past years because it's it's been such a widespread event. I think it's going to be remembered for a long time. Ah, that's that's a really important take, and certainly it sounds like everyone's in the same boat. Well, people have long memories about these sorts of events, uh, and what we've chosen to do in this this paddock tech type space is to leave it to the growers to organise those sales themselves independently uh, under their own steam because we we just can't afford to compromise the outcome for all parties um, on hay that may have been damaged or been compromised since the initial test was done. You can't expect to put rained on hay on a truck and cart it 500 or 1,000 kilometres and have somebody on the other end be happy about that. That's exactly right, yes. Feed Central is actively doing something about this, right? In your role at Feed Central, how do you how do you help growers and buyers meet their needs right now under these conditions? You know, we, we've expressed that demand is low, but the company is investing in infrastructure and people and so forth. So, so what are we doing now, right now today? I wonder whether we should make some sort of a statement. Um, and that being we've we've got our people on the road with key growers and key buyers to help understand their needs going forward in our downtime. Dave, thank you very much for your thoughts today. Again, I've been joined by Dave Clothier, the National Sales Manager at Feed Central. Really valuable insights around the condition of the crop, some expectations around demand, talking about the livestock sector. It's just been a fantastic discussion. This podcast is proudly presented by Feed Central. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes. We'll continue sharing and learning more together. (music) 